In today's episode, we'll be discussing Candyman, directed by Nia DaCosta. Written by Jordan Peele, Wynn Rosenfield, and Nia DaCosta. Starring Yahya Abdul-Mateen II as Anthony McCoy slash Candyman, Toyona Paris as Brianna Cartwright, Nathan Stewart Jarrett as Troy Cartwright, Coleman Domingo as William Burke, Kyle Kaminsky as Grady Greenberg, Vanessa Williams as Anne-Marie McCoy, Rebecca Spence as Finley Stevens, Michael Hargrove as Sherman Fields slash Candyman, Brian King as Clive Privier, Carl Clemens Hopkins as Jameson, Christina Clark as Danielle Harrington, Tori Hansen as Jack Hyde, Brianna Lynn as Annika, Cedric Mays as Gil Cartwright, Nancy Pender as TV News Anchor, Pam Jones as Devlin Sharp, Virginia Manson as the voice of Helen Lyle, Tony Todd as Daniel Robitel slash the original Candyman. The film was released on August 27, 2021 on a budget of $25 million. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Kendrick. And this is Movies in Black and White. Hit it. All right, Kendrick, we're doing Candyman today. Sweet. A movie that, you know, I thought it was going to be a remake of just, I, I didn't want to do it. <laughs> Did you get what I said there? Sweet. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Yay! <Okay>. Uh, <laughs> <so>. Rainbow! Yeah. <laughs> it, it was, it, it was, I'm very proud of this movie. I think, you know, it was very surprising that it was this good. Okay, um, real quick. Good. I'm going to lay this out there right now. Yet again, marketing fucking sucked oh, for this movie. just Because I was with you. I had zero desire to see this. Yeah. Like, Yahya Abdul-Mateen, is that how you say yes. his name? The yes. second? Yes. Love that guy. He's Great insane. actor. He's incredible. Tayona Paris? Tayona Paris? How do you say yeah. her name? Tayona Paris? Yeah, Tayona. She, she, she Tayona was in uh, Scarlet Witch. So, yep. uh, WandaVision. WandaVision. Me. Exactly. Great He's in that. So the back. cast in this was fucking stellar. Yes, it was. Oh, and, and Coleman Domingo. Right. Ooh, dude. But super actor. Zero desire to see this movie. I was right there with you. I'd never seen the original. Right. Didn't give a fuck about this movie until we learned who was directing it. I'd seen the original a couple times a long time ago. Right. It was a yeah. 92 film. Yeah. Creepy. Oh, but, yeah. And you said oh, yeah. it scared the shit out of you when you were younger, It was right? scary. Yeah. Because, I mean, number number one, you know, you sat back. Every every Everybody's going to be looking at it going that. You know, Candyman, that shit, you know, those supernatural things like that, you go, uh, could it happen? Yeah, it could. But, supernatural could be but, creepy yeah. sometimes, especially with urban legend shit yes, like that. exactly. Like, what's that one, Bloody Mary? Bloody you Mary, say Bloody, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's play off that. So this, exactly. the, the, okay, so let me give you a little bit of context here. I Like I said, I've never seen the original Candyman. Mm-hmm. I had zero desire to see this one. Not important to the story I'm about to tell just yet. Right. So okay. I grew up, my mom saying Nightmare on Elm Street was the scariest movie she's ever seen. Okay. Creeped her the fuck out when it came out. Right. She said it was one of the scariest things she's ever watched. Whatever. I had zero desire to see it growing up. A few years ago, I finally watched it. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, how did that scare you when you were Here's younger? the thing. Here's the thing about this. And right, we, yep. I think you're going you're gonna to agree totally. Yep. The concepts had not been done. Right. These concepts had not been done before. Right. So these were like, oh, it, it freaks you out because it's unknown, number one. Right. And then you get this weird guy that's in your dreams killing people and it's a, right. 
It's no, nuts. All concept is terrifying. Yes. Exactly. But the actual execution of the movie at the time did not work for me. But then again, it was also a 70s movie, late 70s, early 80s. What? The, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street was the 80s. Okay. Yeah. Regardless. It's late 80s. Right. Creepy, but mm-hmm. just the practical effects used at the time. Right. To me, I could see right through that at my of age. Course. So I was like, okay, I could see at the time how it's creepy as hell. Now this is where it feeds into this. I watched the original Candyman when we agreed to go see this. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to watch the original before seeing this. I know because we looked into it and it was a, not a reboot, it was a direct sequel, sequel. to the right. original one. There were a couple of other Candymans made. Yeah. But they said that. Nah, yeah, I skipped all those. I didn't yeah. even <laughs> care to watch those. Having watched the original one, it held up to the test of time because it was still creepy at points. I was like, fuck me, what the hell is going on here? This is some creepy-ass shit. Because in Nightmare of Elm, on Elm Street, uh-huh. it was dream state uh, you know, special effects. Right. So you had to do weird, crazy things. He, in Candyman, it was like, okay, yeah, it could just be creepy by just right. the actors being on the screen, you know? Right. And not being, and not being seen or, you know things coming up one of the creepiest things for me in any horror movie is when you can see the uh, antagonist out of the corner of your eye or Mm -hmm. like almost out of frame but just kind of there yeah and then they halloween does that really well and i know we bring up halloween a lot but that's like top tier horror i know but it's good yeah um they did that decently well in the original Mm -hmm. but fuck did they nail it with this movie nia DaCosta, which was the whole reason we went and saw this because we wanted to see how well she could handle a big budget movie because I had never really heard of her before this right. because she's going to be doing a Marvel movie coming up soon. Actually called the Marvels. Yeah. <laughs> the Marvels with, uh, you're going to have Captain Marvel. You're going to have Miss Marvel. You're going to have Miss Marvel. You're going to have Tiona Paris coming back to do her character from WandaVision. Oh, is she going to be Polaris or? I don't know what she exactly. I think so. I'm yeah, not entirely okay. sure. I mean, they, they got a lot of explaining to do with her powers yeah, to begin with. Like exactly. she sees vibrate, like she sees weird shit. Yeah. All through her vision. Of, so, yeah. What she can do with that, though, I'll be curious to see. Kinds of spectrums, yeah. Neither here nor there. Nia DaCosta, that movie's in great hands after watching this movie. Oh, yeah. She yeah. took what they did in the original one and mm-hmm. turned that fucking dial to 11. And I was like, fuck. Even from the get-go, right? When We already talked about this. When the cre- main credits came on and the production companies were showing their logos, yes. they were reversed. Exactly. So it was like... Everything was looking through a mirror. Obviously, you had to look into a mirror and say Candyman's name five times mm-hmm. for him to appear. So I was watching that, and I, my buddy went with me. Rob, he had never seen the original. Okay. So I'm yeah. glad I took, he went with me not having seen the original, and I watched the original. Right. Because I kind of knew some things going in that he didn't. And he told me afterwards, he goes, this worked as a standalone. It did. It right. did, really. So I'm glad I watched it beforehand, but it, it can work as a standalone if you've never seen it. Just It, it fills in layers. So right, like yeah. with the production logos being reversed at the beginning... I knew instantly it was a mirror. Like, right. that's the whole purpose. It was mm-hmm. supposed to be a mirror. Yeah. He had no fucking clue. He turns to me and goes, what the is fuck that? is this? Why is yeah. this reversed? I'm like, it's a mirror. Don't worry. You'll, 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 you'll figure it, it out. Yeah, you'll figure exactly. it out. So the way they did it in the original with him showing up out of the corner of his eye, out of your eye and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they, they fucking, she turned that to shit to 11, man. Oh, she did. Yeah. Here's the thing about it. You know, Monkey Paw Productions was involved in this, which right. is Jordan Peele's company. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can tell that they you know all the full she had the full support of everybody behind this Mike tap oh <laughs> uh project right. and it was like you know 
you had a lot. Well, a Jordan Peele's like the next. Um, he's the next modern uh, horror icon. Yeah, director. Uh, I mean, he's know. like the next John Carpenter. He makes bomb. Yeah, horror movie after bomb horror movie. Man, he just kills it. Exactly. Like us get out. Now he produced this. Very shining esque vibes. You know, he knows what he's doing yeah, when he it comes does. to horror. He does, and he leans a lot heavily into the black culture themes. Yes, which. You know, you're going to be able to speak awesome. about that a lot more than awesome. I am. Yeah, but I definitely is... appreciate a lot of the stuff they did. Like, yeah. for me, and I'll explain later, there was one scene, you probably know what scene I'm talking about, where I was just purely uncomfortable through the whole scene. Hmm. Towards the end. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm talking about now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That fucked me up just watching that. I'm like, I, I've never been in that type of situation. Right. But they portrayed it how I'd imagine that going. Right. Fuck, right. that was uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, oh no, it was it, truly uncomfortable. Truly, scene. Yeah. Um, you know, like we talked about, we'll get into a lot of the social uh, commentary aspects in a little bit here. Right. And I think it's it's very powerful. I mean, like I told you before, I'm very proud of this movie. Yeah. This movie touched on some subjects that don't get touched on a lot, but it did it very well. And yeah, it, a lot of people were like, "Oh, well, it's in your face," but it's supposed to be in your face because it the reason why it can be in your face is because the original character, the reason why he became who he was, was because of a social injustice situation. Right. I mean, and so it leans itself, lends itself to the, to the whole part of the movie. Right. You know, so, so. for a little context, the original Candyman in the original movie played by Tony Todd masterfully, awesome. by the way. Oh my God. Like he was like. made for that character the same way Robert England was made for Freddy yes. Krueger. Yes. Like fucking nails it. Right. He was a painter back in the 1800s uh-huh. that painted white, rich white families right. portraits and he fell in love with a wo- white woman that got you know her pregnant yeah she told her father he led a lynch mob against him and killed exactly. him exactly in a very yeah. horrendous tragic way right. they oh, cut man. off his arm shoved a meat hook in there covered you know, him in honey, honey and, and let the bees yeah. eat at him and then, and then finally lit him on fire yeah. yeah terrible way to go right the original one just that's the only injustice they really t- i mean you kind of got the right. ghetto and the everything yes. in the original one but yes. it was it was from like my perspective in right it was only what i could see as a white man looking into right. that world and that was the way that one was built exactly this one is built with the black perspective yes. outwards like yes. it's how everybody views them and like the big one was gentrification and all that stuff yes you're right it's a little preachy at times, but not overly in your face preachy. Like I never once was like, fuck, get on with it. Like, goddamn, I get right. your point here. Like it was just enough here and there to make you think, like, okay, you know, you Things know more about this happen. than I do. Yeah. So I'm just like, you know, fuck me. Like, holy you know, shit. there's there's a line Makes in the movie think. that uh Coleman Dominguez Domingo's uh character delivers. He says, uh, they love what we make but they don't love us. It was William, right? That was yeah, his character? Yes. Now, was that the same William that was the little kid yes, in the first that one? Yes, the little kid who got... That uh, helped Vanessa's character? The, well, well he That lit the bonfire, right? The no, homeless kid. No, no. He um, got the Candyman, that, at that time, the guy with the hook, in trouble. No, no, he no. Got no, no. Yeah, no, no. I'm talking about in the original Candyman. Wasn't that the same kid? Because he was wearing, looking like he was wearing the same coat. Yes, yes. In well, the it was, one. right? Yeah. That's yeah. I'm not crazy on that. Right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yes, they tied that in very good. Very good. Um, so you know, in that that resonates so much with me because it's like, okay, that's a basically a microcosmic statement of what America 
is, right. is in the history of American history of uh, African Americans in this country. It's like we've made so much, built so much, and it's like okay, that's cool, you know, culture wise, uh, entertainment wise, right. uh, you know, whatever wise, right? and and that that is a is a big important thing to for people to understand. Um, you know, we'll get into the movie here, but you know, we'll come back to that. We'll touch more on that later. Um, but yeah, as far as the movie goes. Tr- very well acted, uh, tremendously directed. I mean, her vision of this mm-hmm. of what this uh, world was supposed to be like, right, was just on point. Now, I wonder how much of that was Jordan Peele. You got a be, lot of Jordan Peele feel right, in this movie, right? Yeah, a lot I mean, of Get Out vibes at yeah. times, and yes, you did. Uh, us, you know, just yeah. certain vibes like that's yeah. prominent in his writing. The definitely in this, uh, the you know, the score of the movie, the oh, you know. Yeah different things like that also uh in different camera shots yeah the movie was very disorienting like the way it began with the crawl where the camera was flipped upside down you're seeing Mm -hmm. the skyscrapers going to the sky yeah i'm like what the fuck is the point of this and it's just it's 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 disorienting it's disorienting is what it is yeah i think it's to make you feel out of your element and uncomfortable the best thing to do in terror situations you know where they uh, horror movie situations is to make you feel uncomfortable. Right. And they did that extremely well in this. Yeah. Right. Especially so, with I mean, the mirrors and stuff like right. that and the way they played into, you know, Yahya Abdul's um, mental breakdown almost yeah, at times. That was, <sighs> yeah, it was I mean, so many subjects it, in this movie. That was one thing I will say that had a huge leg up over the original one. Yeah. Was, you know, in the original the one, death. Helen's mental breakdown was just bam, it was there. Like, yep. okay, she's broken. Yep. His was a lot more slow build up, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, we're here now! Like, yeah. holy shit, we actually crawled our way to this finish line, right? Faster than I thought we would, and, and, and it worked that way for a while. You got an, a feeling that, wait, maybe he's responsible for these things, right? Maybe he's doing this stuff, right? But it was, you know, it turns out, no, it was really Candyman. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> things done. I I couldn't help but laugh through part of this movie because every time they're like, say his name, I was over here like. Heisenberg. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking Beyonce. <laughs> say my name. Say my name. It was just like it kept coming up. And there's the cultural difference, <laughs> yeah. folks. There it is. Movies in black and white. Exactly. See you next time. That's right. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, uh, you know, but as far as the uh, beauty of it, they pick some great locations in Chicago. Right. Great architecture. Uh you know, Cabrini Green being what it is now, you know, uh, the area around it being developed and it being squeezed, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize and don't understand, okay, the ghetto in these cities was set up for reasons of segregation. Right. And then now it's like, okay, now we see, wait, you put this in the middle of this of a great urban area and it's a great district and all this stuff like that. Now we have to gentrify it and push everybody out of it. Right. You know, and it's like, you know, that's the frustrating part about gentrification. Right. Um, other, on the other hand, it's like, okay, yeah, it, it reclaims some blighted areas, but where'd the blight come from? Right. How did it become that way? Uh, but you know, when you look at his character, wanting, you know, he got Yaya's forced. Character. Yeah. Yeah. Yaya's character. Okay. He got forced to go uh 
and find a new medium, a new, uh, by his uh, art director. He's like, look, this is you from two years ago. This right. is Anthony McCoy from two years ago. The rising star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I want to see something new. I need something better than this. You know, and he's like, okay. He says, well, I'm maybe about something where I come from. You know, he's like, ah, the South Side's been played out. So he goes, okay, maybe Cabrini Green. And this guy's like, well, okay, maybe. But, you know, he had to go in search of something else to sell right. his artwork. Right. And he runs across this uh, guy, Willie. William. William. Yep. And says, hey, you know what? Oh, there's people. You, tell me about this lady, Helen Lyle. You ever heard the legend of Candyman? Yeah. And then he goes in the Candyman and talks to him about that. Right. And he says, yeah, I'm going to do that. Well, he ends up. Uh, he becomes addicted to the whole a, process. Yeah. yeah. He opens a, big a whole can new of worms. can of worms. <laughs> so that was the one. Th- okay. So I want to touch on two things real quick. There was one thing that was overplayed, in my opinion, mm-hmm. just a tad bit too much was um hilarious at times but just a little bit overboard for me at moments was um tiana's paris character's brianna yeah her brother like flamboyantly over the top at points in time hilarious it was played up but points it was just like okay how much of this are we going to go through like this is a lot yeah but he's i mean that's just i think in this movie they showed so many different aspects of culture black right. culture all that and art culture all that type of stuff and how many different places i mean because i know people just like that right no I he mean, was definitely like, you know, the comedy highlight of this movie exactly yeah had a and few funny like, lines that's you but know he was definitely the funnier part. that to me was kind of realism right and it was you know i understand you know some places you know you see hey this guy is just way out of line uh overacting I didn't get the sense that he was overacting so much. I think the I said it was overplayed. Exactly. A little bit overplayed yeah. at times. Yeah. yeah. I think the script was like uh, that was that felt like a key and peel skit to me at certain points. Oh, really? Like the uh <laughs> you remember where he was um it was Key's character where he was a office worker and he was like flamboyantly gay and he's like you want to see a picture? And he showed him his asshole. That's a picture of my asshole. It's like oh like just a funny ass <laughs> skit, right? And then Peel's character was actually gay as well but he was just a, a lack of a better word a more normal reserved, gay person yeah reserved. it was a reserved gay person yes and he was just like yeah this is my boyfriend todd todd this is the guy i'm telling you about like that's mm-hmm. what it felt like to me at times oh, okay and yeah. i was just like okay a little overplayed a little over the top but cool whatever i'll get behind it like yeah like i said this yeah <laughs> it's it's not that off base right but um you know you in those in that situation in those situations you know you look at his you know his mental de- degradation degradation um and you look man he went on a it, like you said it built slow well, he went on a journey and then just went whew. yeah but you also understand that she's dealing with some big ass trauma tiana paris's character yeah. brianna yeah Brianna's he, dealing well, with some that came out of left fucking field yeah, like I'm like I wasn't even prepared for that flashback. I yeah, didn't realize it was a flashback. Yeah, I was like realizing that when she was, you know, they started. I think they did an excellent job of putting it in there with the current trauma. It was very fluid. It's like everything yeah, flowed it fluidly and it, it worked. worked. Well. But so that brings me to my point that I wanted to bring up just a minute ago. Besides the uh, over the over the, the over mm-hmm. part, whatever. Um, 
the past is always gonna repeat itself. Yeah. Okay. And this movie, I felt like it hammered it at times mm-hmm. and hammered it well. Yeah. Like if we forget our past, which is what oh, yeah. these people tried to do, they tried to forget Candyman and let that urban legend right. die. Right. And he came back with a thunderous fucking force. Yeah. And it wasn't even Tony Todd's Candyman through no. most of it. It was the um what was his name? I just looked it up. His, the actor was Michael Hargrove. Right. It was Sherman Fields, Sherman which is the guy Fields. that dies at the beginning that was get, supposedly mm-hmm. giving kids candy with razor blades. In them. Right. And he was just beaten to death and shot by the police. Right. Which, that was hard to watch within itself, too. No, that was, yeah. <clears throat> this movie did a really good job of showing that if we forget our past and forget mm-hmm. where we come from and what has happened, if we don't accept it's what has happened in our past, itself. it is going to repeat itself, and if not worse absolutely worse than the first go around that is that is such a poignant point even for today especially for today right uh you know we're in a society now where it's like oh okay you don't want to teach critical race theory or you want to teach these things right you want to water down the history of slavery of or right. of you know atrocities that this country's you know had in its history mm-hmm. you know and that that brings to mind hey this shit will repeat itself right. if you don't understand Absolutely. that it's happened. Right. And we don't correct those things. N- yeah. Not to get over political, but this kind of feat, like you said, in today's standards, you know, with tearing down statues of historical figures that did a lot of a lot of bad, but also a lot of good. Shit like that should not go away because it's a stark reminder of what we've been through in our past. The same reason that Auschwitz will never be destroyed because they don't want that forgotten. The Jewish community does not want what happened there forgotten because they do not want the past to repeat itself. Well, that's that's awesomely true in that instance. Right. Uh, but I believe, you know, most of the things, the statues and things like that that they're tearing down now are commemorating, celebrating these folks. Right. And it, they, you know, that every time you walk by that, you go, okay, why are we celebrating this guy? Right, but Why it doesn't need happening? to be that way. At it's, that point, it's all a matter of perspective. Like you could walk but it's by something. Not no, I, a matter I, of perspective. I, I get what you're saying, but what I'm saying is, if you walk by, I'm like, holy shit, that's a statue of this person. That person did a lot of bad things. Let's not do the same thing. Maybe a statue's not the best way to go about yeah, it, but you can't exactly. erase that history. Well, you don't. No, 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 no. You don't erase the history. Right. You don't have a revisionist history. You bring to light. Okay, this is what this person did, right. and they don't need to be celebrated. So they don't need to be, you don't need to have statues of that person there. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, if you sit back and go, okay, I have a statue of a guy that beat up your mother 10 years ago. I'm going to put up a statue of that person. You're going to be, fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm going to take that down. I don't want that statue up there. Just go beat up the guy. Honestly. I mean, but I mean, you don't want a statue put up of him no. either. So, I mean, that's the thing that this is more, more about. I mean, as far as the historical statues being taken down. Right. Yeah. You got to teach what happened. Right. In schools. You got to teach what happened in history in this country. Mm-hmm. You can't forget all that, Mm-mm. but you can't have revisionist history where it's like, oh yeah, they were they're you know they're a good person or they they did this or right. they did something like that it's like no that's not the case so i mean in that in that aspect i don't i i'd say auschwitz is a little different because the jewish people are like going look we will have this as a monument to the people that were killed there right you know and 
you know, so it, so it's not for God. And the Germans have done differently than America does. Yeah. No, they've they admitted they've done so much other stuff to say, hey, we, we, we are never going to have this happen again. Right. Um, but yeah, so, you know, in this movie, a lot of that gets portrayed because it's not just one candy man. Right. As like thought in the first movie, he was the beginning. Uh, you know, there were other candy men because of the atrocities that they had suffered. They came back as candy men, you know, in their, uh, urban legend. Oh, did you watch all the end credits? Oh yeah. Fuck. That was hard to watch. Oh yeah. This, like I stayed till the here's end. The thing. They did it in such a tasteful way. Right. That it was like, okay, the shadow puppets were the best way they probably could have done that. Without being overly grotesque. Exactly. And overly, yeah, no, but still, awesome. like, imagination being what it is. Oh, no, yeah. You can fill in the gaps real oh, hot real and heavy, good. and it's like, oh, yeah. fuck, that is hard to watch. Yeah. Like, just because, me personally, my imagination runs wild. Yeah. I picture it all at that point in time. I'm oh, like, yeah, fuck certainly. this, fuck that, holy shit. And, you know, the one of the biggest ones that got me was a little kid. Right. That they, you know, put in the electric chair. Yeah, no, that was, was terrible. Like, that was crazy. Yeah. You know, but, you know, those are a lot of those things that they brought to the movie and a lot of those characters are based on real characters that these things happen to. Right. Real people. Yeah. Real characters. Characters. They, yeah. Real people that they <laughs> happen to in the, in the world. So. No, yeah. the Tony Todd, correct me if I'm wrong. He only appears once. Yes. At the end. Very end of the movie. Yep. And it was mostly played in the Marco Hargrove. He played Candyman through most right. of it. Right. That was creepy yeah like genuinely was. creepy like the scene where anthony which is okay first of all that guy had the fucking Ooh-wee. shit end of the stick we like come to find out wow he was the baby from the first one yeah which <laughs> i'm i'm so happy they brought back the cast from the first one yeah the mom did not look like she's aged she a aged fucking a day she didn't age up that bit, movie man. came out in 92 that was almost yeah. 30 years ago she's i was looking at her i'm like come on Dang, I know black don't crack, but damn, <laughs> I know, I, right? I was thinking the same. Thing. I was, was like, that? I was like, God damn, this this lady has not aged thirty fucking years. She looks younger than you do. She looks, yeah, she does. Well, okay. Now, to be fair, Anthony was really fucked up at that point yeah, in time. Yeah, like his exactly. arm had been like, because he got and stung by a bee early in the movie, and he got like a hive growing across yeah. his whole. body. That was gross as oh, shit. Like yeah, that was oh, the one point I was crazy. happy my wife didn't go see that movie with me, right? Because she would have been like wanting to vomit or right, like, right. just like squeamish the whole time. Yeah. That woman did not age a fucking day, and it was yeah, wild. That was crazy. Tony Todd has aged significantly well too. Well, yes, he has, and I've seen him in other things. They definitely no, they aged him for that, that one yeah. scene. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, definitely he's well. That's the well point. Too. Candyman is eternal. Yes, it's the injustices he's that never, yeah people have suffered through and unjust killings and all that stuff. He right. is he is supposed to the cult mentality that he tries to spread. Mm-hmm. That was like, okay, we're getting into spoiler territory now. We'll get into the little plot elements here and there. Yeah. William's character ends up being a bad guy that's trying to turn Anthony into a candy man. Right. And he ends up like swallowing candy with razors. Now, they did a lot of stuff where they didn't show. This was not a slasher movie. It was more of a supernatural horror Mm -hmm. movie at times. And Mm -hmm. you got out of sight, out of mind type deaths. Right. And left your imagination to fill it in. And it worked in that aspect. And then oh, all yeah, of a sudden dude. it becomes slasher and it really works as a slasher at that point in time. Right. Like, I feel like if you go lean into slasher the whole time, it's overplayed at this point and it's yeah, not really scary anymore. So like movies like Freaky with Vince Vaughn. Yeah. 
they play into the slashers more like a comedic, comedic movie, yeah. which is what it should be at this point mm-hmm. in time. Yeah, less is more it, in this. Exactly. That's yeah. with any horror movie nowadays. Yeah. Less is more, unless it's gritty, kind of like what they yeah. do with Halloween. <laughs> the one death that kind of I thought was like, okay, that's a lot of blood for a, you know the little girl there. Yeah, when <laughs> the fucking the bathroom. Yeah, it's yeah. just a waterfall of blood. I'm like, yeah. holy shit. Like, wow. Now, there was one death that made me chuckle. Because it was so out of place and didn't really work. Like, oh yeah, it was the movie. It was the the art critic, <laughs> right? When she got smeared across her windows by an invisible force, which was yeah. obviously Candyman. I was like, okay, I'm I'm supposed to be terrified here. Like mm-hmm. something obviously is picking her up that you can't see and smearing her across the window, right? But that just looks goofy as hell. Like, could you imagine being on your fucking apartment, a skyscraper over, and, and seeing this bitch getting smeared across the, the window? And you're just like, going on over there? the fuck did she yeah. do? Like, yeah, how is no that? Doubt. Like, I don't How'd even know if I'd be that? terrified. I'd just be like, what kind of David Blaine bullshit is yeah. this? Hon, <laughs> come check this out. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that was the one death scene that was... Right. Uh, yeah. I'll say not that. quite there for me. Yeah. But, okay, so the part that I was really uncomfortable at was when the cops showed up at the end. Right. And they just, one cop bust open the door. Anthony was already on the ground. He, you know, wasn't, he didn't really kill anybody. Like, he no. never killed anybody. It was all William. Right. You know, Brianna, Brianna Tiana's character was holding Anthony. To, like, we're going to be okay. We're going to, like, William right. fucked him up. Between oh, yeah. the beasting, his- which altered his body, and then right. cutting off his hand and shoving the meat hook. Oh, dude. That shit was hard to watch. Oh, that was harsh. Um, she was just holding him, and the cop came in and said, "Put the whatever hands up, bop, bop, bop." Just shot him shot instantly. Him. Yeah. They took her, put her in cuffs, put her in the back of the car, and another cop gets in, and pretty much tells her, "This is gonna go one of two ways: right. either you can corroborate our story, or we're gonna say you were part of this yeah. and you're going to jail." Oh, that was crazy. Whew! Like I'm not doing yeah. that scene justice explaining it, but no. fuck, was it uncomfortable? Like yeah. they played the tension up and everything, and she's like, "Just." Let me see myself and I'll give you whatever you want. Yep. What? Turn the mirror towards me and I will tell you whatever you want to hear. Yep. And then she blurted out Candyman. And here Five he comes. Times. Anthony gets up, fucking starts slashing people up. And then yeah. that's when you it all pieces itself together where the bees are swarming him and he morphs into all those yep. people. And then at the end, he turns into Tony Todd. Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't let them forget. Make them say my name. Right. I was like, holy shit. No. Yeah. <laughs> Bad idea. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the uh, you know her holding him and him getting shot uh, while he was in her arms kind of brought to mind the whole Brianna Taylor situation, right? You know, uh, but yeah, I think they wove a lot of things like that in there that were just okay. You're gonna get these Easter eggs. They're gonna be some fucked up Easter eggs, right? <laughs> but they're gonna be in there. Well, and I, I don't think yet again, like we said, the the marketing for this was. Not yeah. on point. But how do you market a movie that is so culturally ingrained right now mm-hmm. without A, spoiling it? And alienating a bunch of people. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You got to make it appealing to everybody. Right. Like, I can tell you off the top of my head, a lot of white people I know probably wouldn't want to go see this movie because they don't want to feel that uncomfortableness. Right. Me being me, nothing's going to stop me from going and see a movie. Right. Yeah. And I, I appreciated everything they did in this movie. Like right. it worked, it spec, it spoke measures more to me than oh, yeah. hearing people talk about this stuff. Yeah, no doubt. It was like a firsthand perspective. Yeah, of it. I mean, they did a, a great job of showing. Okay, 
you have affluent black people right that you know are doing are very well and they have the uh you know the ability and the privilege to be able he's able to say okay you know what i'm going to be an artist right and i'm going to you know do my thing even the you know uh the uh, what do you call it? Uh, Finley Stevens, the uh, art critic, said kind of said that to him when he was asking her what she thought of his picture or his work of art in the gallery. Right. She goes. He goes. Hey, what do you think? And oh, Rebecca just, Spence's character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She let him have it. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, both barrels and was not you know any way any kind. But what she said wasn't off base with what he was doing. Right. It was basically true about his character. Right. Um, then you had, you know, the juxtaposition of all the people in Cabrini Green. Right. You know, they were still still living there and, you know, uh, William's character and everything like that, you know, keep being the basically the griot for the neighborhood. Right. Keeping all the stories alive and, you know, trying to tell now, the people. that was probably but, my favorite scene in the movie was, oh, actually I have two, was the... Um, the art gallery where oh, yeah. he started they were having that group talking and that yeah. one guy was like, Oh yeah, I like your would you find him in a a shed or something? Yeah. He goes, Aha, fuck you. In the shed <laughs> where I paint him every fucking day. Yeah. And then, and then he goes talking talking to the art the gallery director. He goes, uh yes. he goes, You're over here too busy fucking your intern. You've been saving that habit. Oh, I've been putting that one in the bank. He said, <laughs> you he bitch. Said, no, he, he told him, you need to stock up on plan B pills yeah. for your intern program. <laughs> dude, I was like, oh, shit. He fucking lit him up, He's dude. Like, I, 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 I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> but save that one in the bank. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> now, the other, my other favorite part was uh, Brianna, Tiana's character. Yeah. She is in the laundromat, and then when you find out William's the bad guy, which kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Right. They, they kind of really. they kind of built him up as a mentor, kind of. Yes. To Anthony's character, yes. and kind of like trying to explain what's going on with him. Right. And then it turns out he's trying to bring Candyman back and keep yeah. the legend alive as a cult, whatever. It's fucking nuts. Right. She opens the door leading to his basement. <laughs> looks down and says, "Nope." nope. Closes the door, walks away. That said, nah, we, yeah, yet again, yeah. it's leaning into that notion that black, black people are, are always walking into, into bad situations, and they're like, "No, fuck that. That's <laughs> We're stupid." Not going down I'm there. Put myself in this stupid. Now, granted, they there there were black people in this movie that did some stupid ass shit by saying Candyman's name five yeah, times, exactly. which was fucking dumb. But it was mostly that? white people in this movie that were eating. Right. It. Here's and here's the juxtaposition of the first one to this one. They were, you know, we touched on a little bit ago. You know, the first one was directed and written, you know, by through white eyes right this one was through black eyes the first one you had you know a black dude who was lynched by white people coming back killing black people <laughs> yeah it was really weird <laughs> and this one you had more of you know not to say that you should have killed white people but i mean more white deaths right well it's because they were dumb enough to summon yeah. them yeah but that's the, yeah exactly that's the whole thing it's like okay well, they, they made him now especially at the end of the movie yeah as a avenging he I don't know, no, hero, not hero. But definitely not that. spirit. He's definitely avenging spirit. Avenging yes. spirit, uh, you know, for that cause. So. Yeah, no, he he went for uh, what did he tell that cop? He goes, "I only slay the unjust." Right. And you are not a justful person, or something along those right. lines. And then just fucking guts him. Yeah. Fucking yeah, that meat hook, dude. Fucking, it was rough. Yeah, that stuff. But like, like we said, the first one was built from the white perspective looking in. Mm-hmm. This one was built from 
the black perspective trying to explain out. Right. And, you know, the way they end it, it could lead into sequels. It could be a whole franchise within itself. And do I really want to see more of these? I'm I'm pretty good with the two that we got. They 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 work as a duology. I could be done and over with this pretty quickly and just enjoy them for the two that they are. I think if you do another one, it needs to be like uh, "Don't Breathe" in years, a couple of years later, a few years later. Don't like "Don't Breathe" too. Yeah, "Don't Breathe" too, and kind of turn him into an antihero. Or well, no, I mean just you know have have a hor- have a horror aspect, more of a horror strict horror aspect of it you know i mean here's the deal do i think jordan peele could pull off anything at this point fuck yeah yeah, dude if he can bring back a franchise from 1992 and breathe entirely now granted it wasn't just him right but we're going to credit a lot of this to him because he's been killing it with these franchises lately right and breathe new life into it and bring it back to the front and center of movie going fandoms then yeah he could probably write a killer sequel but that would be worth seeing. I get, I understand where you're going because you know the due to the social commentary of it and the idea that now he is just slaying the unjust. But you could have a black nemesis in the next one too, and he's going after that. But yeah, like you said, he's not an anti-hero. No, I can agree with that one. I wonder what Jordan Peele's doing next because we already know what Nia DeCoste is doing. We already touched that. Mm-hmm. So he pro- he wrote and produced Candyman, and now he's writing, directing, and producing a movie called Nope, which is another horror film. Now, I want to see him step away from horror eventually. I do, too. I think he could do else. horror-esque stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I'll say this till the day I die. I think any horror movie worth their salt could go into the superhero drama very easily and rock it. Look at Sam oh, Raimi, so Scott Derrickson, James Wan, right. all those yeah. people, right? He could fucking rock it. Now, what I would kill this for him to see, for him to do, gargoyles. He's shown oh, interest in the past. Oh, I'd love superhero-esque, to see that. a lot of horror elements. Love to see that. Fucking nail it. That would be amazing. That would be great. The film stars dude. supposed to be released in July 22nd, 2022. And there's already a poster out for it, but I don't I don't know. There's no synopsis what the fuck this is supposed to be about. It's got Kiki Palmer in it. Steven Yun, I'm going to butcher this dude's name. Oh, it's the same guy that was in Get Out. Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Kalu- how, how do you say it? Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Kaluuya. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah they're they're coming back together to do this one. I, At this point, whenever he puts out a fucking watch, yeah. I really just don't care. He, he fucking kills everything. I like his production company, too, the uh, Monkey Paw. Yeah. That's, exactly. that's pretty unique. Yeah, it is. I like that a lot. He's got a... They produced quite a few movies, actually. So they produced Keanu, which I've never seen that. Was that funny? Mm-hmm. With Key and Peele? I haven't seen it, no. I heard it was really good, surprisingly. Probably but was. Those two in it. Yeah, they're hilarious. Yeah. Uh, Get Out, Black Klansman, which I yeah. thoroughly enjoy that mm-hmm. movie. That's another movie that'll make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, but, but Spike Lee so did a really great. good yeah. job making that one. So great. I love when he fucking tears apart Topher Grace's character yeah. at the end. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> they did. David Duke. David Duke, yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, what a douche. Uh, Us, Candyman, Wendell, and Wild, which I don't even know what that movie is. It's a stop-motion animated fantasy horror comedy. What the fuck? That's a mouthful. Wow. I Okay, I'm in. Like, fuck it. I am in. When's that come out? It's 2022. Okay, well, we don't know yet. 
and nope. Hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm in for all this shit. And then they're doing, uh, oh, here you go. People Under the Stairs. Did you ever see that movie? Oh, yeah. It was yeah. a 1991 oh, yeah, horror comedy. That. Yes. They're re- I guess they're Rames. doing a remake or something. Ving Rhames was in it. Uh, oh, man. A lot of people. But they, oh, man. They were filleting folks. Now, I, that, that was I was people. genuinely surprised that Yaya ended up eating it at the end the way he, well, obviously the way he I, did was. Yeah. But, I mean, granted, he was really fucked up towards the end. Like, uh, half yeah. his body was covered in those pop marks exactly. high thing and then the hand getting cut off. Like, yeah. like how is he going to come back from this? Right. And then he was just gone and he's the next candy man. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Like. I think I was that baby had fucking terrible life. It got kidnapped at a young age and then it turned into Candyman. What the shit is this? The hell, he had a plan. He said he had a plan for him. (laughs) He got screwed, man. He He got got the short end of the stick. Yeah, Hmm. but like you said, how is he going to come back from most of that? Yeah, it's no coming back. I didn't think, you know, he would end up going out the way he did. I didn't know it was going to be death by Yeah, that was kind of. I'm not going to say anticlimactic because mm-hmm. it fed into the climactic ending of the movie. Right. But it was just like, that was because they did it by shadow. Like, like we talked about yeah. a lot of this movie was done from a corner eye out of my, out of sight, out of mind type situation. Mm-hmm. And the way that was done was, I think it would have been too hard hitting if they would have shown, shown it, that. but I think yeah. they should have shown that. Yeah. I think I, I think it would have fed in more to her, I'm not going to say desire, to do what she did, which right. she was totally justified in doing it because those guys mm-hmm. were douchebags, absolutely. Right. But I feel like that would have been the scene where it you needed a gut punch. And that should have been the... It was like almost kind of like... It would have been like um, The Departed. Remember when Leo just got fucking domed yeah. when he walked out of the elevator? Right. Just like that. I think, um, you know, she carried that scene enough to where your like you said your imagination can go oh don't get me wrong God, it worked please. it worked the way it was yeah. but i felt like that would have been one last good gut punch before the ending but maybe it could have yeah. taken away from the ending i think i think it could have i think it could have distracted from it and i mean frankly i don't know if you know audiences would have wanted to actually see the the vividness of that guy getting shot maybe not you know, you know a black man getting shot no nobody wants police, to see that you know nobody wants to see that at all but for right now yeah but it would have been like i said it would have been a great exclamation point at the end of this social commentary been like this is can, this is the real life thing this is what people deal with i will say i don't totally disagree okay that's you know right i i'll tell you what i have zero desire to go up to any sort of mirror <laughs> man i'll be like his mom i love the way she did that too <laughs> did like a little prayer type thing there. Oh. And, and the brother was like no black people don't need to be summoning shit <laughs> we no we <laughs> no hell no 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 <laughs> no we ain't doing that that's all I could think of was when I hear shit like that. Is Tracy Morgan. No. Hell no. No. Hell no. 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 <laughs> okay, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. I'm I'm surprised Virginia Madsen didn't show up back up. She did a vocal thing, but she never showed back up in this movie. Yeah. Because she I'm, would be turned into a vengeful spirit at the end of the first one. Yeah. Yep. 
because the, her and Candyman were tied. Yes. Because she was like a re- never really explicitly stated, but she was kind of like hinted at that she was the reincarnation of the woman that he he yeah. impregnated in the first, you know, yeah, he before loved, he yeah. got eviscerated. This is true. This is very true. Yeah, you wonder. Wonder why they didn't tie that in. Right. You know? Hmm. Really do. I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to focus on the, the message yeah, of this movie. And bring, maybe bringing in a white spiritual ghost kind of would have taken the water Way, down. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Could have possibly done that. There yeah. was a lot. I, I bet this movie, there, a lot of this movie was a balancing act. Mm-hmm. And they balanced it fairly well. Like, I mean, besides the one scene where they dragged that lady across the glass. I really, I can't nitpick this one because it all worked (laughs) so well. When it was creepy, it was fucking creepy. But it was never like, damn, am I terrified? No. It's just like. It was never that. Fuck, this is weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, hey. Because, I mean, for, you know, like I said, for for a little bit, you thought this dude's blacking out and killing these folks. Right. You know, I mean, especially, you know, the... Well, that's what they did with the first the one, too. Museum. Yeah. But at the same token, it's like, you knew he wasn't blacking out killing these folks. No. Because they played into the horror, you know, the right from the get-go when the first two people died in the art gallery, you saw him in the mirrors yeah. eviscerating her throat and nobody exactly. else was around. So it was leaning in heavily, heavily. to the supernatural yes. thing. But the they made him start to kind of think maybe he's the one doing it, especially when he was looking in the mirror and seeing Candyman right. and mimicking his movements. Right. It was more about making him think he was Candyman. Candyman exactly. You knew goddamn well this was a supernatural <laughs> element the whole and time. And you know, I was looking for someone at the end, them just saying, okay, maybe he's going to see William and Williams, you know, either drugged him or something like that. That's getting him to give these real delusions. Now he was breaking. He was, he had a mental break. Yeah. He, he was, was snapped. He was snapped. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Fucking stole it and killed it. Oh, no, he's good. He's uh, very good. I'm really excited to see more of him, especially when Aquaman two. Yeah. Dude. Playing more of black Manta. That's my thing. I mean, I, and I love to see him in that character as black and Manta. I, yeah. yeah, yeah, kills it. I but I I was sitting there thinking, man, he could be a recast Black Panther. You know, he really man, could. He's he's that. I think he'd be. He's that got kind that stoic, yes, uh, regalness to him. Yes, almost. I agree. Now, granted, uh, actually, did you know it's been a year since Chadwick Boseman died? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, whole solid year since then. Um, fuck, I cannot believe it's been a year. Uh, no, I could definitely see. Him stepping into those shoes, especially right. now that they've opened up the multiverse. Yes. You know, it, it it's very easy to do that. And like, like we've talked about yeah. before, while I don't want to see Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther just be written out. And yeah, done exactly. With, no. I Black Panther is too important of a character, not only for social commentary, but for black superheroes in general, yeah, in general. to just retire him after... What Civil War, Black Panther, yes. and the two Avengers? Exactly. You can't just can't give him that. I mean, can't do that. I'm excited to see what they do with Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. But I, Ryan Coogler can kill anything. The dude's yeah, awesome. I think so too. I cannot see it's doing as well as if there was a Black Panther in this movie. Now, whether they uh, want to hand the reins off to Suri or whatever, right? But the character itself is eternal. You got to bring it back eventually. Yeah, because here's the thing. There was such an awakening, uh, you know, in in 
following in the black community right and such a sense of pride in the black community at black panther being made right um that you can't drop that no you have to even even suri going taking the mantle is not going to bring you the same as having mm-hmm. king t'challa yeah t'challa's there. fucking yeah. t'challa and plus exactly. now the you know just being a superhero fan in general there's so much storylines I would like to see, especially with the X-Men mm-hmm. being part of the Marvel Universe now. Right. I want to see him and Storm get together. Yeah, I would love yeah. to see something like That's that. That's what I'm saying. I'd, I'd there, like, there's that. so many cool storylines for them to do. Oh, man. And just to retire T'Challa right then and there, you know, giving giving them the break between Chadwick Boseman's death, this movie that's coming up, and maybe the third one. Yeah plenty of time for people to have readjusted and like we said life's got to move on sometimes every I, exactly. time it's just the way it the world works it. yeah it just does so yeah yeah you're right yaya could fucking kill it the only thing would i would really like good. to see is like you said you know we can have since the multiverse does exist you can go into the internet intergalactic mm-hmm. uh empire of wakanda yeah which Killmonger takes over the mantle for a while. And I would love and, to see Michael B. Jordan yeah, come back and he could that. be like an alternate universe version of yes. T'Challa. And which totally different than fucking the real he would kill it too, exactly. Yeah. And oh, it, fuck, yeah. you could have a whole cool storyline about people being distrustful of him because he looks like Killmonger. Yes. In reality, he's a T'Challa. Exactly. Like there that amazing. could work really well. And yeah. Michael B. Jordan is already the fucking dude as it is. Like he's the go to oh, guy for man. anything nowadays. <laughs> Just awesome stuff. I mean, besides that cameo and fucking Space Jam, which why they didn't let him play ball like they did Bill Murray, right? Was a missed opportunity for me. Which, like we've talked about, it's just that whole King James, yeah, bullshit thing that we talked about. Yep. But yeah, no, I I agree. Yaya would be cool. Michael B. Jordan could kill it as well. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I have to ask this question because I'm genuinely curious. As a black man, is this like your fucking bread and butter right now with all the stuff that's coming out that black directors and artists are being able to do and mm-hmm. push out there? Is it, are you like like fuck? This is like a renaissance for you. Well, it is. I mean, honestly, you look at the uh, look at Black Hollywood as being basically a small stone compared to the mountain of white Hollywood. Yeah, there's very I few mean, exactly. actors that come like Morgan and Freeman. What made me so aw- uh, happy about this film was right. you had, you know, Jordan Peele produce helping to produce it, right? And you had a black director, right? And then you had a, a movie that told a black story, you know. It, it's those type of things that are coming to the forefront that are being able to be celebrated and being able to be looked at and say, okay, yeah, these are qu- this is quality stuff, you know. We are away, getting away. From way pa- from being way past the black exploitation days, and you know, just having the uh, a black person on screen that's always completely non-threatening. Right. I mean, I I take nothing away from Kevin Hart, from Little Real Howery, from you know anybody, uh, Will Smith, Martin Lord, all these guys who come who've come out in these movies who are likable characters you know who are great characters and great role models and great people in these films Mm -hmm. but they're always so non-threatening that you just go okay yeah there's a there's that likable person right and but it's still playing into the same thing of uh the the 
plight that I think that black men have. I'm not a small black man. No. You're I, pretty stout, bro. Exactly. <laughs> I, 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 you know, and I'm built pretty well. So, I mean, it's, I am sometimes seen as very just, oh, he's intimidating. He's whatever, you know, but. All right. I'm, I'm going to interject. I, I've known you for several years now. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, brother. Never once have I ever found you intimidating. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's no, good. it's. You're... Because that's the thing. A lot of times that I have to project that I'm not. Hey, you know what? I have, to, especially in this body, have to say, look. I'm not, you know, I'm not threatening. Man, I've seen you I'm angry before too, and I didn't even find you yeah. intimidating. Then I found you've, you funny. You've never seen me really angry. No, I probably That's haven't. I've seen thing. you start to get pissed, and I could see yeah. the internal gears ticking, and I could yeah. see the smoke start to come. But I've never but I mean, seen you exactly. blow up. But I mean, it's those things that I look at, and I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to be able to be. Who you need to, who you want to be, right? You know, every aspect except every aspect of who uh, black people are, like you accept every aspect of who white people are, right? That's the whole. That's the whole thing, and I think that you know, Hollywood is yeah, the black actors, the black directors, and things like that are starting to have that leeway, especially right. great ones like Peel. To have that, uh, well, the road was definitely paved traction for them. to be able to do yeah. that, you the, know what I mean? Like you said, all those actors, Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, right? Even Denzel, Morgan Freeman, all of them oh, have yeah. paid the road oh, yeah. to get to where we are today. Right. I mean, yeah, like you said, you know, you saw, you know, Denzel as a, a threatening character, right? You know, in Training Day, things like that. You know, oh, I just are, rewatched that the other day, by the way, and in you know, The Equalizer, that was a good know? movie, too. Awesome movie. So I mean, Antoine Fuqua directed those, right? Yeah, Fuqua. Yeah. Fuqua. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then you see those characters, and it's like, okay, those are those are characters that are actually, you know, based on real things. Samuel L. Jackson is allowed to play Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> because Samuel L. Jackson is just Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> <What's> the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's cool. But by the same time, he's extremely likable on this end, right? You know, but you know, I I, I think you know as a black person, a black man in America, mm-hmm. you are completely mindful of that. Right. A lot of times I'm going to tell this story cause it was kind of, it was funny, but it was, it, it, it messed me up for a couple of days. I was okay. at, we were at Trader Joe's. Okay. How long ago was this? This was about, Oh, two weeks, ago, two weeks ago. You and Kelsey. Yeah. Okay. At Trader Joe's. All right. And, uh, so there's this kid, he's got a mask on and it's got it's Ohio State. Okay, you know I'm a big Buckeye Buck fan. Yeah. You know and everything like that. So oh, I, you know you bring it up every episode. Yeah. No, so I go <laughs> over to this kid and I go, "Hey, buddy, Oh, he has an abject, just dread look of terror on his face." Grabs his little brother and kind of scoots back towards his mom. And his mom's like, "Oh, oh, oh, I, I, oh, you know, yeah. and everything, you know." But he was just fearful, and I'm like going. Ah, I didn't mean to scare this kid. Right. You know, here comes this strange well, stranger coming I, up to him, you know. I'm not going to discredit your story at which all. Which I be, but believe I, that's part I, of it, too. I know. Okay, so when I was a kid growing up, right, yeah. my dad worked in the oil field, and he hauled a lot of oil, right, right, and a lot of gasoline, stuff like that. Right, right. A lot of the guys he worked with were predominantly black guys. Right. So okay. I grew up with a lot of, like, one of my dad's best friends, his name was Tony. Mm-hmm. Fucking love Tony. Tony was cool as shit. My dad, with my dad was really busy one night, and I 
was getting bored sitting in his truck, he would let me go ride with Tony for a bit and go haul a few loads with Tony. Right. This was pre-9-11 when I could still ride around. Because when 9-11 happened, things changed to where you couldn't ride in the semi with gasoline anymore unless you were um, certified to be in that semi. Right. Right. Okay. So I used to hang out with Tony quite a bit. And my dad had a best buddy named Everett. Everett was, like you, really stout black guy, mm-hmm. right? I know when I was younger, like six, seven, my dad's friends would come around. And not just the black guys, but the white guys, too, you know, they would scare the shit out of me because they were so much bigger, bigger than, than me. Bigger, yeah. And it's just that mentality when a big, you're not used to guys coming up to little kids right. and being like, hey, buddy, this, that, and the other. Yeah. And I... I get you because I have to deal with the same thing because I'm a big I'm a big guy I'm six foot yeah. three six foot four, you know heavy set like I'm a big man I go I like I want to talk to people anybody about anything superhero or anything like that so I've been there like I'll go up to somebody like hey I love your Captain America shirt and like holy shit you're fucking huge like and they'll walk away in fear so I don't think almost it was necessarily and I I agree with that right and I understand that part of it but you know as far as like I've lived this life for 48 years. Right. And I know that, you know, in other, you know, (laughs) other situations, adults or, you know, women or whatever. Right. Like, uh, you know, this this, this black guy coming up to me, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just, that's where your mind goes. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, you know. Right. There it is again. But I just thought that was kind of a funny story. Right. Yeah, that's, I feel you on that. Because being, being a big guy, people, like I, I get you a hundred percent. Like not from that perspective. Like because right. I will never be misconstrued for black in my life. I'm no. pretty much pale as shit. <laughs> I'm, have, I'm pale as a ghost. We have Eric the Red over here. <laughs> <laughs> but I always get misconstrued as angry because I'm a right. big man. Mm-hmm. Like people see me walking up and just the way I carry myself, people always think I'm pissed off and angry. Right. Just that's just how I carry myself. I'm usually in a good mood. Right. And then it's like, oh, why are you pissed off? Fuck you! I'm not I'm pissed not. off. Now I'm yeah, pissed I'm off. I'm mad. Yeah. Yeah. You keep telling me I'm. Yeah. Pissed off. That's the worst thing Stop in the world. That. that is the biggest pet peeve for me. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm not angry, but you're about to really piss me off if you ask right. me I'm angry one more time. Right. Right. So no, I get that. That is, it's irritating. Yeah. Very, very fucking irritating. Yeah. But I never stop myself from walking around like that. Because I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. No. If you think I'm angry, leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you anyways. Yeah, I mean, it's like, hey, you know what? I'm who I am. I'm, you know, if you if I'm intimidating, I'm intimidating. Right. I got, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've learned to just understand, you know, you're going to think whatever you think. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Whatever it is. So. You just got to let people be who they're going to be and yeah. not worry about it. All right. We've delayed this one long enough. Oh, yeah. Score. Man. I, I, honestly you, you know what may i go first go ahead i'm gonna give it a solid 9.2 that's a good score yeah that's a good score i genuinely enjoyed it besides I, that one death and i was not expecting it to hit as hard as it hit i will say that too because yeah. i mean i really appreciated this movie right I really thought they did all aspects of it very well right yeah so, and, and i really appreciate the horror movie genre as itself evolving yeah. and growing as it has yes. the last several years yet again with halloween now this one, mm-hmm. even with Halloween, dude, like they, they're taking on heavier and heavier subject matter that should yeah. belong in horror to begin with, because those yep. subject matters are, are horrifying scary. to begin with. Yeah, even though they are realistic, right? That's why that's what makes them more. That's horrifying. why Get Out was one of the scariest movies Ooh, yeah. of this generation. Yeah, was because of it took these hard hitting 
you know, ideas and exactly. twisted it to oh, a shit. horror movie elements and it fucking worked. So I I really yeah. like the horror genre now. Like you go back and watch nineties and eighties horror movies compared to nowadays, they oh, don't hold no. a fucking candle. No, no we watched uh I, I told Kelsey and said, Man, this movie scared me more than any other movie when I was a kid. Really? Alien. Oh okay. yeah, fuck yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Right. Went back and watched it and I'm like going, Yeah, it's not that scary. It's not really that scary. It's I said I still I had for years I would have dr- periodic periodically have dreams about the alien monster chasing me. Yeah, you know. I, I feel you. It, M- mine was Jaws growing up. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. You know, my point earlier was these concepts had not been done before. Right. So it's something that's like, oh shit, that can happen. Right. You know, it really is change. It, it's a uh, you know, like I said, paradigm shift. Right. In your thinking about oh this shit could happen. Right. You know, no, it's uh, that's cool, and that's like the one good thing that with movies, and I, people tend to forget. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, the movies that came out fifty six years ago, fifty sixty years ago, not many people remember them. Yeah, so you can start revisiting them now and yes. twisting them to new elements that we yes, live with today, man. and those are going to be some of the best fucking best. movies. Like that's why I think westerns are going to have a resurgence soon. Westerns, the old classic horrors. Yes, you know, like we talked about, they were supposed to start off in. Yeah, with uh, Mummy Untold, with or Mummy, yeah. and then uh, with Dra- uh, Invisible Man. Yeah. Fucking Invisible Man. Ooh. That one, the new one, was just super scary. Oh, yeah, that freaky. was terrifying. You know? That was probably one of the scariest movies yeah. I've seen. Like, just tense as fuck. Right. The whole, like, I left it, like, just like, oh, oh I'm yeah. drained. Holy no shit. I mean, and if they would continue on with that and do it the way it's, you know... Get some great directors mm-hmm. to make these movies. Man, they could still make those kind of movies. Yeah, I still think that they get, need to get more like proven comedy directors. Yeah, I think there's a a cadence to this so much. You start with comedy, then you work into horror, mm-hmm. and then you go on to all the other shit. Because at that point, you know, comedy you got to get your comedic timing down. You got to get your story beats right. Right. Horror, you got to be able to spill build the suspense and tension. Yeah, those are the hardest things to master. And I feel like if you master those crafts, you can do whatever the fuck you want in filmmaking I think world. You think you're right. So guess what, bud? We got to start writing comedy. Get yeah. on it. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. So, <laughs> yeah, solid movie. Definitely recommend it. Yeah. If you got the opportunity to see it in theater, go see, see it in it. theater. Yeah. If you don't want to wait in theater, definitely get it when it comes out on digital. Blu-ray, whatever. Right. Watch it. Watch this Fucking movie. I, w- I would even recommend renting or buying the original 19. 19- I rented it for like four bucks. Yeah. Did not, not, was not disappointed. Like I was a little bored with it at times, but it's just because yeah. it's aging. Exactly. This one, I was just like, holy shit the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I will say yet again, I almost broke somebody's hand in the theater because yeah, you weren't there. Yeah. Yeah. We were at the top row, me and Rob. Okay. There's a group in front of us, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they were bored or what, but A, they were smacking on their candy the whole time. And you know, <laughs> when you go to horror movies, there's a lot of quiet scenes. Yeah. Don't eat during the quiet scenes. Nobody wants to hear yeah. you fucking chew. Yeah. Right? Right. There's a lot of like loud burr, burr, ah, burr, scenes. Yeah. That's when you eat. Mm-hmm. Okay? This person had their hand up above the railing to where they were just blocking out enough of the screen for me. Okay, great. I get a big fucking screen. But you're but you're disemerging me by having your fucking hand in the way of the screen. I yeah. I even turned around and was like, I'm about to break that person's hand if they don't drop it in the next two minutes. Right. I guess they heard me because it whoop, instantly came, came down. down. I'm like, God damn right. Yeah. 
what are you doing? Oh, it's so obnoxious. You're not at home. No, you're not. <laughs> they, that's what people tend to forget. You're in a fucking movie theater. You paid to go in there. Other people paid to go in there. Right. Act like you're out in certain, fucking public. Certain etiquette. Yes. Need to follow. And I think eventually you and I are going to have to do just a whole episode just dedicated to movie theater etiquette. <laughs> I swear awesome. to God, be because funny. I am getting to that point that funny. where this shit needs to get spelled out. That would be some funny shit. I'm telling you, that's like, <laughs> and life goal for me is just own a movie theater and just have the income support whatever I want to do with my life, right? Yeah. Like a drive-in or something? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have fucking rules and a waiver you have to sign before you go in there. Be like, if you Sit break, <laughs> if you break these rules, you're out instantly. Yeah. Like, I will have cameras watching you people. You break these rules, you're getting the fuck out of my theater. <laughs> the Gestapo theater. You know what? Don't break the... Come it, in at your own risk. <laughs> how cool would it be, though, as, as heavy moviegoers as we are, right. right? You and I are at the movies every week guaranteed at least once. Yeah. Sometimes double feature, sometimes twice, depending on what's coming out. Mm-hmm. Right? We're getting to that lull to where we're going to have to start finding more and more to watch, but then we're right. going to come back towards the end of the year with more and more shit that we're going to have to be seeing. Exactly. Being the heavy moviegoers that we are, how great would it be to have a theater to go to that's just dedicated to hardcore moviegoers like us that appreciate the art as it is and the fucking etiquette that goes into it? Yeah, that'd be awesome. No talking, no that'd cell cool. phones, no fucking Snapchats, none of that bullshit. I would... Hey pay premium to go to a Private theater like that stuff is great i would pay premium to yeah. go to a theater like that yeah so trust me there's a niche out there for it especially in the area that we might live be. in might be yeah i can see there might be all right i've had my rant i feel better <laughs> yay all right bubba anything else on this one no man you sure yeah just go see it yeah there was a lot to unpack in this one definitely yeah definitely worth visiting oh yeah you know and that's I, I got to take a minute and say, I really appreciate you as my co-host. Like this yeah. being the way this is, too, this whole man. dynamic between your perspective, my perspective. Yes. You're That's... you're an older guy. I'm a younger guy. Not a huge age difference. 18 years, right? You're 48. Mm-hmm. I'm about to be 30. So there's a, there's a significant gap between us. Just got to say thank you. Like that, that's differing perspectives, really. Ebony <laughs> and ivory. <laughs> but yeah. Definitely, yeah, man. No, this there's works. a lot of there's there's a lot of different uh, experiences wrapped up in this well, whole show. It's it, great, and you know that could be our PSA. That could be our PSA for this episode. Is mm-hmm. you know just because you have differing opinions or differing uh, cultures or perspectives growing up doesn't mean you can't get along and exactly. learn from each and other. You don't have to, it doesn't have to become an argument or something no. that's just like it. It should always reach a debate level, yes, but not an argument level, right? And always That's, listen to each other. Don't yeah, just there you go. You know, and you and I have had a ton of these conversations, yeah. especially when all the BLM shit was happening, right? I, I'll be the first one to say I came up to you. I'm like, all right, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Explain, because I have and, zero clue. And we had a converse, a good conversation. Yeah, we had about several it. conversations. Yeah, the one day we were in the parking lot after after work. <laughs> yeah, we talked for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Talking about it. So I mean, it's right. like, hey, you know. It's not a, if somebody comes up to you and asks you a question and and they truly want the answer and want to know information, it is your job to then go, cool head, understand their point of view. Right. And explain your point of view too. Right. Yeah. Not, you know, a lot of people just go off the handle right away. Right. And it's like, dude, you can't do that. Right. And and about that statue thing, I really Mm -hmm. appreciate you explaining that to me. That brought a whole new perspective that I was not necessarily thinking of. Right. So, you know, and- 
if you're going to take anything away from this, besides that this movie is really fucking yeah. good, <laughs> take away that everybody has their own opinions. Yes. You know, everybody's entitled to their opinions. Maybe not right, maybe not wrong, but you should never discredit what the other person's exactly. feeling or thinking because, because there's a whole different story behind that. That is, is their feeling. Right. That is their feeling. And right. you have to respect the feeling. You don't have to agree with it, but you have to respect the right. feeling. And, and you can certainly try to change somebody's mind, but you don't right. fucking hammer it in. Like right. I'm sure you and I, we've had tons of conversations about stuff where I've right. changed your opinion on something yeah. and you've certainly changed mine. Right. So that's the PSA for this episode. And I'm going to cut it there because I'm not going to get all sappy. And the Knowing is half the battle. <laughs> we should do Transformers! The more, the more you know. That's G.I. Joe, man. You know what? More than meets the eye, too, motherfucker. Yeah. Guess what? 80s galore, bitch. Yeah, baby. Thundercats, ho! Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right, champ. You got anything else? No, man. All right, brother. We'll be back next week with Shang-Chi and oh, something yeah. fucking else because we don't know. Peace. We'll figure it out later. I've been Kendrick. And I've been Mark. And this has been Movies in Black and White. Thanks for listening.